Good morning, everybody. Uh, I saw you did the announcements from down here. Everybody see me okay if I speak from down here? Okay. Um, I wanted to start by just saying how welcome my family and I felt. You know, I've been here once before, and I was impressed by just how welcoming the church is here. Um, but this time, instead of driving down in the morning, we came in last night, and uh, we stayed in the parsonage. And that just showed uh, how hospitable this church is. We, we felt like kings uh, staying there. I had to drag my family out of that house. They're ready to move in. So uh, just wanted to tell you how much we appreciate that. You really make us feel special coming here uh, and being able to spend this time with you. So in my opinion, y'all are a great group of people, and I'll tell anybody I need to that. All right? I know you're in a preacher search, so if you need anybody to vouch for you, you, you got me. I'd be happy to do that. Um, so how many of you feel a sense of God when you're in nature? Going for a walk, even if you're out hunting, if you're out there amongst God's creation, do you feel that presence there? Do you look around and do you see his handiwork? I don't think it's any mistake that through the Old and New Testament, nature is continually used in parables, in fables, uh, even in Jesus' I am statements, um, you have nature used as an example. I'll have to have you do the slides for me if you would go to the next slide. I've got a list of all the different parables <laughs> that use nature, but I know that you can think of some. We've got the sower and the seeds, right? Using that natural process of growing. You have the wheat and the tares, um, or, or the weeds growing amongst the wheat. Here we go. Back one slide, I think, or it may be forward. Paul also talks about how nature tells us a lot about God. He says people who haven't heard about God and, and God's will and God's law can look at nature and find what they need to know about God by looking there. Paul is saying when you look at everything that we see when we're in nature, it's hard to say that there isn't a God. It's hard to believe that there isn't a God who desires good for you when you see all that God has given. So I want to use nature this morning kind of as a parable. I want to talk to you about trees. Next slide, please. I want to tell you a story about a lady who was studying trees in British Columbia. What she had noticed was in areas where trees had been uh, clear-cut, and they were planting back tree plantations. Uh, they were planting fir trees, because fir trees, they can get a lot of money for the, from the wood for those trees. And so they were planting them in rows, in, in sections like you would a farm, right? And what she noticed was those crops of trees, for lack of a better word, they were failing. The wood was not very good quality. A lot of them were dying. And the, the loggers couldn't figure out why. The people who owned this property and were growing these trees couldn't figure out why they weren't successful in trying to grow these trees. And what she noticed was they were so focused 
on the group of trees, I'm sorry, on the individual trees. Why is this tree failing? Why does this tree have this disease? Why is this tree full of these insects? That they miss the picture of the forest where these trees came from. They had planted all trees that were the same. They had eliminated any underbrush, any of the trees that they looked at as being like parasitic, stealing uh, nutrients that could be going to their crop of trees, they got rid of. And what she found as she was studying this is they had made for very unhealthy trees. If you go to the next slide, please. She found when she looked in the forest that there were whole forest systems. You can see those big dark green circles there. Those are what they call mother trees. And those trees serve as kind of an information center that connects to all the other trees in the forest. And these trees share information and nutrients with each other. There's like a network connecting them all where they can, if a tree becomes sick, it can send an alert to other trees. If a tree needs nutrients, it can send those through this system. And when they clear cut these trees and didn't strategically leave mother trees, what happened was the tree systems were failing because they're not interconnected the way that they were. Next slide, please. When I look at this, I think about us as human beings. We live in a society that's very me-focused, right? Uh, very individualistic. If I seek my own good continually, I neglect other people. When you look at the people that Jesus is originally speaking to when he preaches the gospel, the Jews have a history of a community perspective. They were tribal people. So there's the unit that they look at themselves through, not just me, but my tribe. And so their actions aren't just about themselves. It's about the survival and the benefit of the tribe they're a part of. Now, a little less generously, but yet still part of their identity, is the people of Israel, right? We are all Jews, we're all Israelites. And so people who believe in God the way that I do, people who are born into the same families, those original sons of Jacob, their descendants, those are my people, right? So they grow up with more of a perspective of community being the focus rather than just the individual. And one of the things that Jesus really critiques when he looks at people in his time are those people who are doing things like taking advantage of people who are in debt because they're looking to their own benefit and not to the benefit of the people in their group. God had laws in place like the year of Jubilee that's supposed to prevent people from taking advantage of each other. There comes a time where everybody's supposed to give back to the people in the community that don't have. Now, God intended for them to be doing that all along, but he set years, so if you haven't been doing that, now you got to, right? Because God wanted them not to just think about themselves, but to be thinking about others. Now, we see that continued in the New Testament, and not just when Jesus is speaking to people, but also when you see Paul. Paul says, 
do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. This is a very different perspective. This is not just looking at the tree. This is not just looking at the individual. This is not me just looking at myself. In the church setting, this is me looking at the brothers and sisters in my church. Broader than that, it's me looking at my brothers and sisters in the community, in the state, in the country, in the world, seeing myself as part of that community, but not just people who believe like me, people outside of our faith, right? Learning to look beyond just me. Next slide, please. One more slide. So, here's what they found when they separated these trees, right? When they're only planting firs, and they've cleared out the birch and the cedars that are in there, any, um, any trees that they're not getting as high a price for the wood from. When they cut them out, they stopped a process of symbiosis, right? For equal benefits among different things. In this root system, they didn't just find um, fir trees communicating with fir trees. They didn't just find those trees sharing resources with each other. What they found out was the whole system was necessary for the health of these trees. When they separated them, they didn't do well. They died or they were ill. And I think about that with us. When we segregate ourselves based on some sort of ideology, based on politics, based on race or our backgrounds or what, what teams we root for or whatever reasons, when there is an issue and we disagree and we allow those things to separate us, we can't grow into the potential that God wants for us. Instead, we become spiritually sick. My background uh, is in sociology, and I found a really interesting study when I was in school. They took neighborhoods that look like each other, right? Everybody in the neighborhood is about the same income level, they're the same race. When they looked at those communities and looked at their um, measure of life quality and compared those two communities that were very diverse, financially, racially, ethnically, education level, all of these things were very different, people mixed in. They found in communities that were more diverse, people had a higher quality of life. Isn't that interesting? When we look, when we learn to look beyond ourselves, when we learn how it is to really benefit from each other's gifts, then we can grow and we can be spiritually healthy and we can thrive. Next slide, please. You can see this in scripture, right? Paul talks about the body having many members and not just one member or one type of member being more important than the others, right? Your whole body system 
is needed. Any part of your body that you lose, you miss, right? You have to learn to deal without. So, uh, next slide, please. Now, so here's the opposite. D diversity and symbiosis, this, this relationship that benefits everybody involved. When they uh, did the study of how these systems worked, they found the fir trees and the birch and the cedar trees and fungus, the mushrooms in the forest. All are sharing this connection. At first, they looked at the fungi and they thought that was strange that they were tapped into the root system. And what they found when they looked at that was mushrooms don't, uh, they're not able to do photosynthesis, okay? So they will draw some of the glucose out of the trees through the roots. But what they offer in return is tree roots don't grow directly into each other. You're not going to have one root connected into both trees uh, unless you look at the aspens uh, out in uh, Utah. That's, that's a whole cloned forest. Uh, that's a whole other story I could go on about. But um, they don't connect directly. And what bridges the gap between those roots is the fungi. They actually send a chemical signal to the roots that say, let me in. And so they're all wound inside that outer layer, kind of like a bark of the root system. And they connect them to all the other trees. So even though they're taking some nutrients for the, from the trees, they, um, it's not just going into the mushrooms, it's flowing through them to all the different trees. Uh, what they found was um, during winter, when all the leaf-bearing trees drop their leaves and they're not able to draw nutrients from the sun, all the evergreens are providing them with glucose. When uh, the fir trees are young and they are in the shade, those leafy trees in the spring and summer and fall before the leaves fall, will send nutrients to these young fir trees because those trees really are struggling as they're small. Same thing is happening with these mother trees. The mother trees are sending nutrients to the younger trees. Even the trees that are dying, what happens is that nutrients isn't wasted. That energy and nutrients is spread throughout the forest system to whatever trees need it the most. When these trees fall, what happens is the fungi break down that material from the trees, it becomes soil, and it feeds the whole system. God created a marvelous system that relies on each other. When there's underbrush, that brush burns, but what happens with the trees? The trees are fine, right? Uh, I grew up in South Georgia, and we had controlled burns all the time for the benefit of the forest. This system is amazing, but it only works where these different species, different types of plants and fungi come together working for the benefit of the whole forest. Next slide, please. Again, this idea of the one body. What is the purpose of all the different gifts that the body has? It's for the benefit of the whole. And those gifts come through the Spirit, and that Holy Spirit is what is running through 
the veins of our community. That's what connects us as a church, is God in us, right? The transforming work that God is doing in us. And I can't do that in isolation. If I try to do that alone, it's not going to work. Because when you look at the teachings of Jesus, and I encourage you to go through and, and think about what Jesus says this way, how many things that Jesus said are about the way you relate to other people? is very difficult, I would say impossible, to follow what Jesus teaches by yourself because it's about how you relate to the people around you. Next slide, please. So that sharing of resources I was talking about, you see the, the picture with the white veins? That is the fungal system that's connecting the roots of these trees. You know, I talked about how the older trees share their nutrients with the younger trees. And that's one thing I think can be a huge benefit in our churches. Outside of real community, there's often an age gap. People tend to associate with people who are around their age and not with people who aren't. I was fortunate enough to have a great-grandmother who lived to be 99 years old. I was in my 20s before she passed. When I think about the relationship that I was able to have with her, I knew six of my grandparents. A lot of my fondest memories, a lot of my lessons that shaped who I am came from my grandparents. I say to you, young people need you. And they may be resistant to you, but they need you. Just like these trees that are young, that are only starting to grow and need help. Your wisdom, your love, your nurturing is a very needed thing. Young people, whether you realize it or not, you have a need for that. And you can bring so much joy to older people. There's a benefit that happens both ways there. There's a lot of love to be shared both ways there. There is so much that flows between us in love, in wisdom, in growth, when we can feel that connection with each other, when we can offer that. You know, Paul talks about that too. Remember, he says to the older women, to work with the younger women, to the older men, to work with the younger men. This can be a part of how we understand. My relationship with my grandfathers is how I really learned first what it looked like to be a man. I continued to learn that through my father, but the first lessons I got from that were from my grandparents. So there's a beautiful thing that can happen there when we share that. Next slide, please. Think about how important this sharing of resources, not just the wisdom, but also financial resources or people's basic needs. I was so happy this morning to hear you talking about food pantries and um, orphanages and sharing what you have there. I want you to hear how important that was to early Christian communities. All the believers were together. They shared everything they had. 
They sold property and other things they owned, and they gave it to anyone who needed something. Next slide, please. Acts 5 tells us all the believers were agreed in heart and mind. They didn't claim that anything they had was their own. Instead, they shared everything that they owned. So there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. They brought the money from the sales. They put it down at the apostles' feet. It was then given out to anyone who needed it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that my faith is that strong. To say, nothing I have is mine. And to take and to sell what I own and go and put that at the apostles' feet and say, I trust that you'll do what's needed with that. I haven't always had a great relationship with leadership, and maybe that's why that's difficult for me to take what I have and put it in somebody else's hands and just trust that they're going to do what needs to happen there. But I want you to think about this faith. And why I say this was so important to the early community is, if this isn't important to you, if you don't believe this is core to what it means to be a Christian, I don't think people are going to do it. Right? I don't think people just came up with on their own this idea and said, yeah, everybody's going to do that. They saw it as part of what it meant to live the way that Jesus taught people to live. And it was a community-wide thing. Imagine, and I understand you are doing things for this to happen in your community and in Nashville. Imagine being able to say, because of God's people, there are no needy people around us. Isn't that an amazing thing to see? Next slide, please. I want you to take lessons that I didn't take from this. You know, I thought about this morning, just telling you about the trees and leaving it there, because a lot of times that's what Jesus did with parables, right? You figure it out. I like to talk too much, so I ended up talking about it. You can take lessons that I didn't see from there. You also know this church better than I do. You know where you're doing this, and you know where the gaps are. We need to grow as individuals. We need to grow together as a church. We need to grow as communities you know what's already important and ingrained in you as a group. And you also know where work needs to be done. So take what I can't see and apply that to yourselves and to your community. I want to encourage you this morning. It's a new year, right? I don't know if you make resolutions or not, but here's something I want you to think about moving into this new year. Try to find opportunities where when you think about yourself, you can broaden that out to thinking about at least one other person in your church or in your community, someone who needs you. When you have those conversations of, hi, how are you doing? And somebody says a little more than just, I'm fine. See if you can dig in a little bit more there and find a way that you can be involved, that you can be helped. God has opened the door for us to come into community. If you need the help of your community this morning, if you need the prayers of your community because of something you are struggling with, because of a sickness or an illness of the soul that's happening, let your community help you through those things. If you have never stepped into the family of God, if you need your sins washed away, this morning is a 
perfect time to do that. So as we sing this morning, I invite you to do just that.